0: announcement uh, on July 19th. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Uh, that's a Thursday evening at 6:30 at Rugero's on Corona Road. We're going to provide a uh, supper for all of our volunteer workers you work in the nursery or you work with the youth or you work with the computer or you're in the band Uh, all of you who are unpaid we just cannot go without each of you so you and your spouse are welcome to come July 19th for a free meal there's no agenda there's no service not going to preach but it should be just a nice evening out for each of you to express our appreciation for your continued service to us. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 31, Jeremiah chapter 31, as we look today at New Covenant forgiveness and see that there is a difference between the Old and New Covenant forgiveness. Jeremiah chapter 31, I'll begin reading at verse 31. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and Judah. It is not like the covenant... I made with the fathers. Notice that. It's not like it's not the same kind of covenant when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which covenant that they broke, though I was a husband to them. But this is the covenant, verse 33, that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them. I'll write it on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. And no longer will each one have to teach his neighbor and brother saying, Know the Lord. For all of those that is in the new covenant will know me from the least to the greatest. And then here is the reason all of this is possible. And all of this is so. The last statement of verse 34. For... I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. For I will forgive their iniquity. That's a new covenant promise. Now, God has always known people, He's always revealed Himself. To people who enter what the Bible calls a covenant. This is not a contract. A covenant has to do with two people committing to each other. Contract is goods or services. But a covenant between two parties usually entered into in a public ceremony followed by a meal just as in a marriage covenant in fact he calls it here if you'll notice uh, there in verse 33 or verse 32 um, uh, my covenant they broke though I was their husband he entered a marriage covenant the old covenant was a marriage covenant just as the new covenant is And there are two main covenants in the Bible, the Old and the New, as Jeremiah predicts here, a New Covenant. The Old came with Moses on Mount Sinai and and was essentially summarized by the Ten Commandments. And the system of sacrifices. Oxen, sheep, and goats, and so on. John 1.17 says the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now there are some similarities between these two covenants. Uh, They're both called covenants, for one thing. They're both marriage covenants. But they're mostly contrasts, not like the covenant I made with the fathers, is the way he puts it. And here, Jeremiah indicates that one of the main contrasts, if not the main difference, is in the fact that in the new covenant, God will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. See that in verse 34? For, all of this in the new covenant is based on this. For, I will forgive their iniquity. And their sin, I will remember no more. Now, if in the new covenant God's going to forgive us, what did He do in the old covenant? Did He not forgive them in the old covenant? You know, and the most sacred day of the Jewish calendar is called Yom Kippur. Yom, Hebrew for day, in Kippur, covering. Day of covering. It's actually uh, also called Day of Atonement. And, and it summarizes what happened in the Old Testament. Leviticus 16 gives us the Day of Atonement or the Day of Covering. But what happened in the Old Testament to sins was not forgiveness as much as it was a covering. Now I was raised in a farming community and my uncle had a barnyard. I stayed with him a lot of times during the summer. And he had a, this large barnyard where about 50 cows would mill around Daily. It was awful. And everywhere you stepped was a cow pile. A little frisbee-shaped pile of manure, cow manure. Sometimes it would harden right on top. And you'd think, oh, well, I can step on that. That's a mistake. If you stepped in it, you'd never forget it. Nor would anyone else around you. We all wore rubber boots when we went to the barn. Those boots had to be removed every last one of us before you ever entered the house. They're galoshes. You just take them off, put them back on. Some people wouldn't even bring their boots into the yard. Sometimes in Tennessee, not as much as Michigan, but sometimes it would snow. And it would cover that barnyard. So it was a beautiful, pristine, white barnyard. Oh, but lurking underneath was that sordid mass and you knew you were limited even though it was covered. In the same way, in the Old Testament, evidently sins were covered, not removed. God still was not comfortable walking among them. So there are several major contrasts in Old Covenant forgiveness and New Covenant forgiveness. Here's one that I've already briefly mentioned. In the Old Covenant, the sins were covered, but in the New Covenant, the sins are actually forgiven. You see, again, Jeremiah 33, 34. After describing the new covenant, he says, For I will forgive their iniquity. Evidently, that's not something they had in the old covenant. They had Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, Day of Covering. We have the glorious death and resurrection of the Son of God on our behalf, a sacrifice of infinite majesty which actually forgives and removes our sins forever from the sight of God. Now how do I know this? Well, Hebrews 9.15. Look at this verse. I think we have this. Hebrews 9.15. Speaking of Christ, He's the mediator of a new covenant. So that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred, speaking of the death of Christ, that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. In other words, they weren't forgiven at all until Jesus died. Their sins in the Old Covenant were actually just like a, a credit card. You know, at the moment you get the, uh, the item and you don't pay. What happens? It's You kick the can down the road. The, the payment is de- going to come due, but it's not today. In the Old Covenant, for... Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and for Samson and Solomon and all of those old covenant saints and their sins the payment was charged to Christ's account it didn't come due till Jesus came and it came due on him and his death paid the penalty for all those Old Covenant sinners. So those sacrifices that they would bring, it only covered the sin. It didn't cancel and forgive them. The transgressions committed under the First Covenant. This is what we call retroactive forgiveness. It reaches back in the past and covers even in the past in the Old Covenant. That is one thing that is different about the New Testament. It actually brings forgiveness where he remembers them no more. If he says it's no more, then evidently there's something in the Old Covenant where he would remember them some more. But in the New Covenant, when, in our forgiveness, he remembers them no more. Here's a second difference in the New Covenant. In the Old Covenant, our sins... Uh, in the Old Covenant, the sins were not totally forgiven. They were just partially forgiven. Partially forgiven. couple examples of this. Moses prays in Numbers 14 for the people to be forgiven. Because they have been murmuring for 40 years in the wilderness. God's sick of it. And, and he's going to destroy them and start over with Moses and, and uh, Moses pleads for forgiveness for the people of Israel and, God's, and here's what Moses says Numbers 14 verse 19 pardon, please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your love just as you've forgiven this people from Egypt till now Now here's what God says Numbers 14 20 then the Lord said I have pardoned According to your word, (laughs) (laughs) you can charge that to my credit card. (laughs) All right, now, here's Old Covenant. I have pardoned, according to your word, but but that's a big but no offense and here's the big but truly as I live next verse and all the earth will be filled with the glory of God but none of the men who've seen my glory and my signs I did in Egypt and the wilderness and put me to the test these ten times and not obeyed will see the land I swore to give to the Father they're all going to die in the wilderness it's partial. It's like, I forgive you, but here's what's going to happen to you. <laughs> now, in the New Covenant, we find this kind of uh, descriptions. Hebrews 9, 12, he secured eternal redemption. He secured it. Hebrews 10, 19, he has perfected for all time those who are set apart to Him. Perfected for all time. But this was a forgiveness that was often followed by judgments. In Numbers 15, verse 27, and I must tell you that I've read the Bible all my life make it a practice every day to read the Bible and I know I've read through this many times and I just didn't get it until a few weeks ago and I've confirmed it I've done some research on it and here is something I have learned that you do not have to go all your life long and not know In the Old Covenant forgiveness, it was partial because it was only good, the sacrificial system was only good if your transgression was unintentional. Did you know that? If it was unintentional, here's what Numbers 15 verse 27 says. If one person sins unintentionally, he will offer a female goat a year old for a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement before the Lord for the person who makes a mistake when he sins unintentionally to make atonement for him. He will be forgiven. Now, that's in Leviticus and the book of Numbers. Sac- you bring your sacrifice if you sinned unintentionally. What if you did it willfully? Numbers 15, verse 30. The person who does anything with a high hand, that means, you know, you ever seen somebody say something like, uh, okay, talk to the hand. It's like you're telling God, talk to the hand. I know what you're saying, and I'm going to do it anyway. If you see that's intentional, willful, deliberate disobedience. He says anyone who does anything with a high hand, whether he's uh, native or stranger, he reviles the Lord. That person will be cut off from his people. He's despised the word of the Lord and broken the commandment. He will be utterly cut off. His iniquity shall be on him. You could not put it on the sacrifice. You lay your hands on the sacrifice. It dies for you, picturing Christ. But if you sin intentionally, it's on you. You, you bought it. <laughs> the thing is, the new covenant, and I think it's rooted in the infinite worthiness of the Son of God as a sacrifice that covers even willful sin. Now, I'm not talking about abandoning the faith and just throwing yourself into hedonism and paganism and atheism. That's not what I'm referring to here. I'm talking about who among us, even as Christians, has not at some point willfully disobeyed God. We did it. No, we knew it was wrong, but we did it. And we did it anyway. And I want to just tell you, and I tell you with reverence, I tell you with a sense of awe, Jesus in His sacrifice is sufficient to cover that sin. Now you may shout hallelujah just about anywhere along the line here. Luke 15 has the prodigal son telling his father I want my inheritance now. I wish you were dead, but I'll take, you know, if you just give me inheritance, I'll I'll take it. That's willful dis- deliberate sin. But he returned as Jesus taught new covenant forgiveness. Peter's denial. He knew Jesus was the Messiah. He knew Jesus for 3 years walking with him, but he deliberately denied knowing him. That's willful sin but Jesus went and got him and brought him home. In the old covenant, Moses was something like an insurance policy and forgiveness was accompanied by fine print that would leave you liable and under penalty. But in the New Covenant, Christians have been embraced by God in their frailty and failures and repeated sinfulness and still embraced by God, secured by the blood of the Son of God. New Covenant, forgiveness. Not like the Old Covenant when I... Brought, took them by the hand and brought them out. And I was a husband and they disobeyed me. A third contrast is that new covenant forgiveness is free. Old covenant forgiveness always costs something. Uh, Leviticus 1 lays this out. If you're, if you're rich, you bring a bull from the herd. Uh, if you can't bring a bull, then bring a, something from the flock, a sheep or a goat. If you can't even afford a sheep or a goat, you'd have to be really poor. can't even afford a sheep, one lamb. Then you would bring a pigeon, turtle dove or a pigeon. I guess God figured, look, you can go catch that. Go trap one. But Exodus 23 says, let no man appear before me empty-handed. Don't come, in here without a, don't come in here without it costing you something. The richer you were, the more it cost. Solomon, the richest in the world at the time, 1 Kings 8, 63, says at one time he sacrificed before God 22,000 bulls. One bull today... It's worth about $5,000. And I figured this up. Solomon sacrificed 22,000 of them. That's over $100 million that he approached God with. Now that's a good offering. (laughs) Hey, amen, church. On the old covenant, we could build a new building over there. In the new covenant, whosoever will may come. Glory to God. Isaiah spoke of the new covenant forgiveness like this. Isaiah 55.1 Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. If you have no money, come. Buy and eat. Buy Wine and milk without money and without a price. Come and get it. It is free, but it is not cheap. It costs the death of the Son of God. But it costs you nothing to be fully forever forgiven. a fourth distinction is in the old covenant it was conditional and you were in the in the new covenant it is unconditional and permanent in other words in the old covenant you could enter the old covenant but you were kind of on probation to be honest if you didn't live up to it well, here's what Ezekiel thirty three twelve. This is now this is old covenant salvation right here. Uh, give me Ezekiel thirty three. Yes, there it is. And you, son of man, say to them, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him when he transgresses. Though I say to the righteous that he shall live. But if you trust in his righteousness and does wrong, none of his righteous deeds will be remembered. In other words, you, do, you lapse into sin again. We're not going to look back at all the goods you did. We're just going to take you right there, that one sin. Now that cancels all your righteousness. In the old covenant, your sins retroactively removed your righteousness in the new covenant Jesus' blood retroactively removes your sins come on church (sighs) what None of his righteous deeds would be remembered. You're on probation. One mess up and out you go. In fact, the Lord would depart from you in the Old Covenant. 1 Samuel 16, 14. The Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. But Hebrews 13, 5 says in the New Covenant, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Then five, fifth difference. New covenant forgiveness is based on God, not man. Old covenant was rooted in the mortality of the priesthood of the old covenant. It's based on man and his ability to to do the path right, take the path of duty and to have a priest that would perform properly on his behalf. Listen to what God tells the priest in the old covenant under Aaron. Exodus 28:35. It shall be on Aaron when he ministers and his sound of it... The, he has to wear bales when he goes into the tabernacle. He has to wear these bales when he goes into the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out so he doesn't die. Don't forget your bales because if you do, you'll die. And the atonement you're making for the people won't work. Exodus 30:20. When they go into the tent of meeting or come near the altar to minister... Um, they shall wash with water so they don't, may not die. They, they have to wash. So you can see those priests who are washing before they go in to represent the people and gain their forgiveness. The priest goes in, but first he has to wash so that he doesn't die. So I'm standing there washing, and you know what? I'm going to be wondering, uh, I wonder if that's clean enough. Maybe I should wash one more time. <laughs> Leviticus 8.35 At the entrance of the tent of meeting you are to remain day and night for seven days performing what the Lord has charged so you don't die. It's just so based on the mortality and the perfection of those mortal priests and some of them did die. Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 10. God killed them because they didn't do it right. But in the new covenant Hebrews 7 23 to 25 says, Our high priest Jesus is the perfect Son of God. Holy and harmless. Sinless. And because He is such, He can save to the uttermost those who come to God through Him. So here are the summary points. You can put those uh, five points back up for us. Now here's the contrast between Old and New Covenant. In the New Covenant, we have actual forgiveness, not just cover. It's It's not a penalty charged to our account that comes due in the future. No, we're actually forgiven. It's total. New covenant forgiveness is total forgiveness, not partial. God's not got forgiveness in one hand and some judgments to attack onto it in the other hand. Now, if you do something illegal, there may be legal consequences. But that's, that's something you work out with the government of men. And I'm, ta- I'm talking about God, with God. Total, not partial. It is free, not costly. Come with nothing in your hand but the cross of Jesus Christ. It is permanent, not conditional. You don't come in on probation. You come into God's family as a secured, loved family member forever. And finally, it's based on God, not man. The Son of God in His perfection and infinite majesty, not mortal men. There's a hymn. that reads something like this. How firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in His excellent Word. What more can he say than to you he has said, to you who for refuge unto Jesus have fled? Now listen to this. That soul that on Jesus does lean for repose, God says, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Can I get a witness? Amen. Can I get a light, amen? amen. Can you say praise God? Praise God. Hallelujah! Now, let's take up the offering. Ushers, you come. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Let's pray together, and then we will worship with our offering this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we stand in awe of your word of the gospel and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May He be praised in our life, in our conversation, in our offering this morning. We thank You the gospel is free. But may our hearts be so melted that we give You our all.